Yeah, so we want to thank everyone watching online, and we want to say a special thank you to those that are watching uh, from the county jail. Thank you for joining with us. Can we just say thank you for watching with us? Love you guys. Ladies, praying for you. It's going to be a wonderful thing when you come join us in one day. Well, um, uh, just to kind of get things out, and I want to change gears, but um, uh, real quickly, a uh, little boy, a young man, actually he's in his 20s, was very nice to this lady next door, his neighbor, and was taking her trash out all the time and was doing wonderful things and uh, cutting her grass. And one day she said, son, I've never in my entire life met such a young, fine young man as you. She said, I, I, I'm just shocked, you know, that, that someone could be as nice as you. He said, well, actually, ma'am, um, I had a drug problem growing up. And she goes, I cannot believe that. You don't seem like a person that would ever have a drug problem. He goes, yeah, my mom and dad drug me to church every Sunday. And so I was a drug, I was a drug addict. I, 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 we need to be together. And this is a good time to be together. I'm glad you're with us. Um, just, I, I, I'm going to ask you a question and then um, we're going to do something. Have you ever met someone that uh, was in so much bondage that they would do anything to get relief? They would do anything to get relief. Actually, I wrote those words down quite a while back. And then I began to watch the pictures unfold this past week in Afghanistan. And uh, I don't know if it's affected you. I don't know if you're aware of what's going on. Uh, this past week in Afghanistan, a country that's Many soldiers have given their lives to protect and help and to bring to a place of freedom. And um, in a matter of literally of a day, to see it all collapse. And what breaks my heart is for the Christians. The Christians, they're literally fleeing for their lives right now. They're escaped to places up, up in the mountains the Taliban is going door to door throughout the country because since America has been in Afghanistan, there's been a freedom and people have come to know the Lord and there's been churches spring up and Christians throughout the country. And now the Taliban is going door to door and they're asking, everyone has to show them their phone. If they find any Christian material, any Bible, anything, they shoot them right there. Seeing pictures at the airport of women throwing their babies over razor wire so their child doesn't have to grow up and it's this hellish philosophy as the Taliban believes. Seeing people, as you probably saw, hanging on to the side of an airplane in hopes that maybe somehow miraculously they could escape the bondage that was coming their way and then go into freedom. We have brothers and sisters in Christ. They can't even get together with one another. They can't even check on one another because of the fear of being caught. People are turning in to the Taliban, all the people that they know are Christians and they're going and finding they're shooting them right there on the spot. No trial, no nothing. And so our brothers and our sisters in Afghanistan need prayer. Imagine you being in the mountains hiding out for your life, hoping someone could rescue you. They're flying planes in right now, private planes and just any kind of plane they can get a hold of and 
trying to pull out the, the Christians. Some church, Christian organizations are doing that right now as we speak, trying to rescue them. But I've asked my wife if you would come up. And I mean, even this week, it was like there was heaviness in our heart for these people, you know, that, that love God. And then one day, they went from, from having freedoms to now having no freedoms and being hunted down. And we took time in our, our home and we just prayed for them. We just said, God, I'm... And then, you know, I, I never could understand, like, the book of Psalms, you know, you'd hear, read David and others that wrote Psalms saying things like, God, just kill them. Just, just, just God, just do them in. God, just show your wrath. And I'm like, man, that's, that's kind of a mean spirit. How, how can... And when I see and hear people taking teenagers out of the home so they can rape them and give them, pass them around. And if you're a Christian shooting it, I kind of get how a psalmist could say things like that. We don't want anyone to die. We would never want that kind of judgment. We, but we do need to pray that God turns the hearts of these evil people and that God protects the church. And I, I just feel like as a church, in fact, someone even said that Franklin Graham has even said he's encouraging all churches to pray. I didn't even know he was gonna do that. But I just felt in my heart today, we need, I know if I was over there hiding out in the mountain, I would want someone praying for me. If I had my little children and my wife, and I knew that people were trying to find me, I would be asking someone to pray for me. So I'm gonna ask Melissa if she would lead us in a prayer. Don't let me be just who I'm praying by myself. I, yeah. I ask you, to, would you lift your voice as if it were your life that was dependent on the church praying? Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. Father, we lift up yes, your church. Yes, we lift up our brothers, yes. our sisters. Yes. Lord, we lift up those that are weak, those that are scared, those that are helpless, those that are stranded, those that are in need of a miracle. Lord, we lift them up to you and we ask that you do what only you can do. Lord, our trust is not in a government, our trust is in you. And we place our trust in you that God, you will deliver your people. You will deliver the innocent and the hurting and the broken and the wounded that God you will bring a deliverance just like you did you set your people free you, you, you freed the Israelites from a Pharaoh and the evil evil man and you delivered them from Egypt an evil evil place and we ask that you do what only you can do for your church we pray for the underground church that God you give them peace and authority you give them favor you give them anointing you give them protection and safety that's what we pray father for safety and protection and rescue god deliver your people we thank you father that you are god and god alone and every knee will bow every tongue will confess that you are lord you are lord so in Jesus' name, we ask you, we believe, God, we have the faith of a mustard seed that we can move mountains. And right now, we ask for the deliverance of your people and for safety and protection, God. Make a way. 
whether it's with an airplane, whatever you have to do, you make a way for your people of escape that they can serve you and love you and live a life in safety and peace. God, I thank you that they will fill the church. Your people will feel the strength of their brothers and their sisters. They will feel an anointing and a power that comes within because it's you that lives within. We ask that God, you get the glory and you get the honor. We ask for testimonies that only you can do miraculous things that only you can do for the safety of your people. Lord, we believe you for these things. We trust in you. Some may trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in you. God, we thank you. And I'm even going to pray for the Taliban itself, the jihadists that think they're doing good. I pray that they have a Paul experience and they're not from their high places. I pray that they have an encounter with you. I pray, God, that they see you in a vision and you humble them, you transform them, and you save them by the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's you. 
without you. We're here this morning and we're grateful. We're grateful for our freedoms, the opportunity to come and worship you together in an air-conditioned facility and beautiful music. Yet we're so aware that there's others throughout this globe that love you so dearly, and yet they're paying such a deep price. So, Father, today, as Melissa and we all prayed, we thank you that you hear the prayers on this earth. And as a result of our prayers, people are being released even now. People are being set free right now. We thank you, Lord God, that you are touching your church, your body around the world and right here in our backyard. We thank you for a group of believers right here in this room that truly believe that any good thing that we ever have has come from you. Father, we have no stones to throw this morning. We're not angry, we're not bitter, we're just thankful. We're blessed. Thank you you allow us the privilege to come and like tonight worship you and love on you not be threatened with our life help us Lord to make use of every opportunity that you give us as your word tells us to whom much is given much is required we've been given much and today we ask that you will help us see how to use all that you've given us to make impact in our community and in our world. We thank you for that so much. In Jesus' name. And we're in the middle of the 21 days of prayer and every morning at six o'clock we've been here praying on Saturday mornings at nine. We just found it to be a rich time. I encourage you to do this our last week, this week coming up, to join us. We'd love to have you. It'll be great. And tonight, we're just going to have a good time. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. We're just going to have a good time loving on Jesus, you know? He said, David said, come and magnify the Lord with me. He says, uh, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know why? Because he was a praiser. He was a singer. And he loved to be in the presence of the Lord. And I don't know what you're going to be doing tonight, but I promise you it's not going to be as good as what we're going to have tonight. I mean, you can have your presence of whatever you want, but it's not going to be like the presence of our God. So my wife says, I have FOMO, the fear of missing out. 
And if you are like me, you don't want to miss out tonight. You want to be here with us. You want to be here with us. It's kind of a weird moment right now. It's a little awkward, isn't it? So it's the last seven weeks, we've been in a uh, series called Boot Up. And we've been challenging you to really understand and find out what it means in Ephesians 6 to be, to be filled with the armor of God. What does that mean? What does that look like, the armor of God that Paul was talking about? We'll read it one more time just so we can put it fresh in our minds and see how far we get. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, it's not against flesh, it's not against blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Can I just point out that that is exactly what's happening in Afghanistan, it's in Cuba, it's in Turkey, it's in China. There's principalities ruling, spiritual demonic principalities ruling over people's lives. And they're quenching. It's not just about freedom. It's about Christ. It's about knowing Christ. It's about having an experience with the Lord. So that's what our struggle is against going on. Therefore, we put on the full armor of God so that when, everybody say when, when. not if, the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. So stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, I like that, the flaming arrows of the evil one. Lastly, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Some of you animal lovers may be familiar with the Alaskan bull moose. You perhaps have seen pictures of the Alaskan bull moose. Almost 14 feet high, 1,400 pounds, six feet wide antlers. This is a mammoth animal. If you were to stand next to it, you would go maybe, you know, half the height of this animal. And this animal is pretty docile, it's solitary for the most part until the fall comes around and it's mating season. Suddenly, it's amazing how men change when a woman enters the room. <laughs> we all bow up and try to feel like we're bigger than we really are. But, but actually, in that season of of uh, mating season, you'll find two or three or these moose fighting over one bull moose chick. <laughs> and the way they will do that is, you know, it is, they will, <laughs> he's walking through town. They, they, will, they will literally attack one another head on, face to face, and ram those antlers into each other's body. And that's 
how they fight over this bull moose female to see who gets the opportunity to take her out on a date. And the one, and so the, what, usually what happens is one of them will break off one of their antlers. Their, and if you break your antlers, you're out of the game. You walk away in bull moose shame. And for most part, probably, you won't get another chance to hang out and have a date for another year. But the reality is that the battle of the bull moose is really fought in the summertime. Even though the real battle is in the fall, what's happening in the summertime is that the moose is, is eating right. He's on a good diet. And the one with the best antler diet, and the one that gains the most weight and bulks up the most in the summertime is the moose that wins in the fall. What am I saying? I'm saying it's what you do now that prepares you for what's about to come later. We just read that when the day of evil comes, I'm promising you there is a day of evil coming your way. What is the day of evil? It is the day of temptation. It's the day of discouragement, the day of fear, the day of depression, the day of oppression. It is something that is coming against your faith in God, your trust in God, your love of God. It's gonna come, it's gonna try you, it's gonna test you, and it's coming probably out of somewhere where you didn't even expect to see it coming. And what you do in this time is very, very important. I remember a pastor friend of mine, I, I, he was seasoned in the Lord, I was very young in the Lord, I wasn't preaching anywhere, I'd gone to Bible college and I was mowing yards. But yet I knew that the call of God was on my life and that one day, you know, I would probably be preaching, but I was a little frustrated and I said to the pastor, I said, listen, I don't have anywhere to go and nothing to, uh, anywhere to preach and everything and I know the call of God, so I'm like, what do I do now? And he said, well, in that between time, start writing messages, son, because there will come a time where you won't have time to write a message. So do it now. So he began to teach me that what I do in the summertime really is more than just eating. I'm actually preparing for the winter, the fall time for the battles to come. What are you doing? I want to give you the bull moose, the bull moose principle. Faith is developed now. Strength is developed now. Wisdom is developed now. What you do now has everything to do with what happens later. Can you turn to your neighbor, touch him on the shoulder for me and tell him, you gotta do something now. Come on, just go ahead and tell him, you gotta do something right now. So, he says to us, you have a sword. Now, mind you, oh man, I forgot my sword. That's not a good thing. Um, brother Presley, would you run up to my office? There's a big sword up there. I'd love to have that. Thank you. Just run up there, grab that sword. Don't hurt nobody on the way back. <laughs> ah, I hate that. And so, so, so they, the Bible says that God gives us a, a sword, one, one sword. Now, it's interesting to me that, that there's five 
uh, six, five other types of weapons, but they're all basically defensive tools. There's a breastplate protecting your heart and helmet protecting your mind, and you got your feet shod with the gospel of peace. And really what they, they tell us is that it has spikes on the bottom of their shoes when they went, go into battle to hold themselves in place so they wouldn't go backwards. And hey, 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 come on, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Woo, come on, somebody. Someone's let me borrow it, baby. It's just a borrower, but let me borrow it. Thank you. And so, this is an amazing sword, man. Come on, check this out. This is like the swashbucklers, you know. I, feel, I pulled this out and I just felt like, you know, just doing something, you know, just, just do something, just, just not, but it's very heavy. You couldn't do it very long. But this was made by, for the Romans to fight at a distance. Come on, you know. Don't want you near me, so I'm going to cut your head off at arm's length. You're way out there. And, and, and so that's the, the tool that they would use for that. But, but this tool that we're reading about right here, this sword wasn't this sword. It was another kind of sword that the Romans had that we're talking about. It was always fastened to their right side. It was about 18 inches in length. We'll put a picture up. It was called a gladius. It was a short sword. It was more like a dagger, if you would. And it was used, it was, it, was, it was sharp on both sides. It was a double-edged sword. And it was used here because you have to, you're holding your, your shield with your left arm, and so you pull out your, your dagger, your sword with your right, and it's used for close contact. When the devil's right up in your face. I mean, he's not way out there somewhere, He's right up in your stuff. Has anybody ever found the devil all up in your stuff? Come on, can I hear an amen? You, you know what I'm talking about. He's all up in your stuff. He's all up in your grill. It's like, what is going on? And you hear people say, and you may have made the same comments. I, I feel like all hell's busted loose in my life. Well, guess what? You've got a great weapon. It's right here on your right side. It's called a gladius. It's called the sword of the Spirit. It's not like God left you without a tool. I'm thinking to myself, let's put that Gladius back up if we could. I'm thinking to myself, you know, how can, how, I would have liked to maybe a hand grenade, a bazooka, you know, some, a nuclear bomb. I mean, something, but this seems like so insignificant. But let me tell you this. If God felt that you needed more than that, he would have given you more than that. Let me say it again. If God felt like you needed more than this, he would have given you more than this. When you pull out the gladius, everything changes. It's like the, it's like the, the guy robbing the old lady. And, and he breaks in, you know, and until she turns the light on, she's got a gun pointed at him. Suddenly the game has changed and he finds his way out of, the, out of the house pretty quickly. Why? Because she now has the upper hand. She has the leverage. And, 
And it's the same with the gladius. It's the same with the sword of the spirit. It's a, it's a game changer. It's a, it's a, it's a, it changes the dynamic of the struggle. I remember um, when I was a young kid, uh, my parents um, taught me as a young boy, and my dad would say things to me like this. He would say, son, it takes a bigger man to walk away from a fight than it takes one to fight. And then he would say this, and that was, you know, I was, I was okay with that, but I was still going to fight. And then he would say this, if you ever get in a fight, you're going to get a whooping when you get home. And if you lose that fight, you're going to get two whoopings. So I was always talking my, talking my way out of fights until one day, this is, a, my, my, my mother was, I had a friend, I had a close friend, his name was Chucky, he was a neighbor friend. We lived out in the country and back in the, you know, when you're in the country, you, you know, you don't have a lot of friends because they all live so far away. But I had this little neighbor just within walking distance away and we would play together and he was two years younger than I was. His name was Chucky. And um, Chucky and I would, as I said, play, but one, he, we got crossways one, one year and, and um, so he, my mom was so frustrated with him that she said to me, son, I give you permission to fight him. <laughs> I felt like she just cussed. I was like, what? That is totally not who you are. What are you? She was like, I'm telling if he comes on our property again, you have my permission to let him have it. And I'm like, <sighs> you know, I'm like, where's the spinach? Come on, I'm ready for this. I, I've been waiting for this moment for, because I, I never fought because I didn't want to get beat up my, my beat by my dad. And so now I have permission. I'm not going to get beat. I get to high five a fight. This is going to be amazing. And so... I was watching, I was outside waiting, it was a Saturday, waiting for him just to come across our property. And sure enough, here he came across our property because my mom had told him not to come on our property anymore. He came up and across our property just to find my mom. And I went out there, I said, what do you think you're doing? I said, you want to fight? I mean, I said, well, I suggested it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, right on, you want to fight? He's like, okay, yeah, I'll fight. I'm like, okay, let's do it, let's do it. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, you know, dancing around, you know, suddenly he hits me in the face. I'm like, whoa, and I hit him, and I, he went, oh, it's the next thing he grabs me, we're wrestling around the ground, and it really wasn't playing out like I thought it was gonna play out in my mind, you know what I'm saying? I didn't picture it looking like this, but we're wrestling around, and I start feeling like the, the, the wasps, the wasps were, 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 were biting, they were stinging me. I'm thinking, what's going on? I, I must be on some a beehive or something. I mean, oh, 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 it wasn't his punching and all that. It was, it was, I was getting stung, and I looked over his shoulder, and there was his little brother with a BB gun, just ping, 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 like this far away, ping, ping. I'm like, whoa, I'm out of here. And I ran away. And he goes, Chuck, I can hear, even now I can hear him go, yeah, you run away, chicken, you run away. <laughs> the BB gun was the game changer. Come on. I was okay wrestling Chucky around on the ground, but I wasn't ready for the gun. And the enemy is okay with us wrestling around, but it's when you pull out the dagger, it's the game changer. Because all he has really is his mouth. All he has is his ability to lie to you and he throws darts into your brain, gives you these thoughts and ideas that are totally demonic, satanic, and antichrist. 
In fact, John talks about the spirit of Antichrist within us. When we're listening to the, the, the spirit of, 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 of Satan himself, where we're just listening to things that are totally not true, not of God, not, not biblical by any means. And, and was, these are fiery darts that are taking place. What do you do when you're under attack by this sword, by, by this, these tools that the enemy has with these lies? Will you pull out your sword? Now listen, let me tell you something. This sword is powerful. It's not, you, you, don't, you don't stir your coffee with it. You don't go dig your garden with it. You don't shave with this. This is a powerful implement, and it's an implement to kill. Not an implement to to just scare people. It's an implement God has given us to kill the enemy that is attacking us. And so I want to give you quickly what what this sword represents. It represents the Word of God. It tells us, actually, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the power of a rhema word from God. We talked about that when we talked about the shield of, I mean, the belt of truth, and we'll talk about it for a few more minutes later, but but it was a small little weapon. Now, now how do I get this sword? How do I get this sword? This is gonna be good. Caleb, come on up here. Can you just jump on this platform for me? Just, let's see your calisthenic abilities. Woo, oh, wow, dude, come on, man. So this word, take, take up the sword, which is a shield of faith. So take up the sword. It really is a command. The word take, it's a, com- it's a, it's a command uh, uh, that means to receive, a command to receive. And I liken it like the days of the nights, uh, the round table, remember those, those days and everything? So, so what I want you to do is I want you to kneel down, one knee, kneel down. And so this is what the Lord is saying. Put your hands out. We're not going to kill nobody. Not today. We're all good. And the Lord is saying, I want you to take the sword. In other words, I want you to receive the sword. (laughs) Now, what you have to also understand, Caleb, this is not a funny moment. This is very serious. (laughs) That you have been training for years for this very moment. You've been training, hoping that one day you would be able to receive the sword. Because once you receive the sword, you are now a man. Once you receive the sword, you are now equipped to do all that you have watched your mentor and your dad and your father and your grandfather for all, all the things that they've done in their life and all the stories you heard that they've done, con- the conquests they've made, all dealt with this. And you believe in your heart and know it to be true that once you get your hands on this sword, then you have the same cap- capability to walk in the very footsteps of the father that gave you the sword. So it's more than just, uh, oh, there's a sword available. It's who's given you the sword and what has the Father done that's already used the sword that's gone before you. You get all of that and more. And so what he's saying is, he's saying, son, I want you to take the sword and I want you now to do all the things that you've seen me do. And so what that means is, excuse me for a moment, I'll take it back. What that means is everywhere you go, Every step you take, every place you go, you go with the authority of a living God. 
And yeah, there may be enemies around, but you, have, you carry the authority of your Father who bestowed this powerful gift to you, the, the Word of God, the, 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 the Word that, that He's given you by, by the Spirit. And so you carry this implement to kill around, and, and so you can now say, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Amen? Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. I, I wanted to do this kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? I felt, I felt like I should do that. <laughs> Let me tell you, what does, the, what does this sword do? What does this sword really do? There's two things I want to show you. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God, the word of God is quick and is powerful and it's sharper than... It's not like, and it's, and it's just as sharp. No, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Let me say it like this for your note's sake. It separates truth from fake news. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? It separates the truth from, it creates a pathway to God. This, this sword cuts through the garbage and gets to what really matters. It cuts through the, the, the fog and brings clarity to your mind. It exposes the fake. It reveals the truth. It separates your feelings from faith, infatuation from love, facts from truth, happiness from joy, religion from relationship. This sword has the ability to cut through the minutiae of life and show you this is real, this is not, this is God, this is your flesh. I'm telling you, this word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Come on, somebody. And it sits right here. In 2 Corinthians 10, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive, which means you attack with the sword. In the Hebrew, that's what it means. To take captive means you attack you attack with the sword. You attack uh, with the word of God. You take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You use this word as a sword and you take captive the thoughts that are not of God, that are anti-Christ, that are of your flesh, not of the Lord by any means, has nothing to do with your future, but all to do with your demise. And you take captive with the word of God. Aren't you grateful for the sword of the spirit? I am. The second thing it does is it brings healing. How does it bring healing? Not only would they use this, this dagger for short-range conflict, but sometimes a dart would make it through the shield and over the shield and around the shield and find its way into your side or your leg. They would take this dagger out, this two-edged sword, and if you wouldn't, they would cut the flesh and remove that dart from their body. Not only has it, did it have the power to inflict wounds on the enemy, it also has the power to take out wounds on your own body, your own heart where you've been wounded and you've been hurt and people have said things about you, unforgiveness, bitterness, shame, guilt, condemnation, all those things that come, those darts that you've received in your life, guess what? The Word of God just begins to pluck them out. I remember I was in 
climbing a mountain was a little kid and we were climbing and, and, and I'd never seen a cactus or even knew anything about a cactus. And I thought cactuses were like in Arizona, the big tall things. And I didn't know there were squatty little cactuses like to sit on the ground. And uh, we were climbing this little mountain and I got tired. I was about six, seven years old and I just sat down on a cactus. I jumped up, ho, 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 and I was crying. And I cried the rest of the day because every step I took was a reminder of a needle, of a hurt, of a wound. And I remember that night, as disgusting as it was, as humble as I was, I bared my little bottom to my mom and I let her just pick out all the little cactus needles out. I didn't care if she saw whatever I didn't want her to see. It didn't matter. I wanted relief. Come on, somebody. And the sword gives you relief. It pulls out the sting. It pulls out the, the, the deadly poison of the arrow that has come your way. Yeah, it brings healing. It brings healing. So I have a dilemma. Do I continue or do I finish up next week? Yeah, so I know no one said amen, so I'm going to have to stop. No one said nothing. I was like, okay, no, I'll let it be. It was like, no, nope, no, nope, you're going to stop right here. So I'm going to call the band out. We're going to call the band out. We're going to finish this up next week. Yeah. I'll let you get home early. I'll let you, I'll let you beat the Baptist to dinner this morning. <laughs> Y'all can make the Wolf Bay, kick all them Baptist Methodists out. Come on. I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. But I want you to be thinking about the sword of the Spirit this week. And I want you to be thinking about the power of that sword. And I want you to be asking the Lord this question. I want you to ask the Lord, God, what is one thought that has been like really a stronghold for me in my mind and in my heart? What is this, what is this one issue that I seem to always be dealing with because I promise you, everyone in this room has one issue that you're constantly dealing with. And here's the good news. The Lord's given us a sword to deal with that one issue. I'm not asking you to take two issues, three issues, four, five, ten. I'm asking you, Lord, reveal that one issue, that one stronghold, that one thing that's captivated me. We talked about it a few weeks ago, but the helmet of salvation, but again, I think we need to really come back to that because if we learn how to wield this sword, there is no fiery dart that can, in fact, we become the offensive. This, this is the only offensive weapon we have. Everything else is defensive. This is the only weapon we have that causes havoc for the enemy. Everything else, you're just kind of like protecting yourself. But here, you inflict harm and hurt to the tactics and strategies of darkness. So in order to do that, you, you must know what this thing says, but more importantly, you must know what it has to say about the issues dealing with you. It's full of hundreds and hundreds of promises. Promises for every situation you may face. Every circumstance in your life, it may not be specific about that particular instance because they, they probably didn't have 
the internet and things like that, but it deals with the vague area, the, 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 the overall arching thing behind your conflict. And so you need to find that promise and you need to begin to make that a part of your heart and begin to stand on that word. We call it standing on the word. Standing, pull out that sword, stand on that promise over that situation and begin to ask the Lord, may God, would you please, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord God, pull this stronghold down in my mind, in my heart. this hurt, this unforgiveness, whatever this is, in the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm claiming your word, I'm using your word, I'm using your word. We're gonna talk about that next week, how Jesus used the word to pull down strongholds. Amen. If you would just bow your heads with me for just a second. Perhaps this morning you're here and you're like, man, pastor, I, I, I need to, I need to commit my life to the Lord. I, I need to, I've been like, the enemy's played games with me. I feel like I've just been like tossed back and forth. And I'm done allowing the devil to harass me and I'm ready for real freedom in my life. <coughs> if that's you this morning, I just wanna lead you in a prayer. I wanna just, just pray a prayer for you right where you're sitting. But there with heads bowed and eyes closed, you would say, Pastor JP, today, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I mean, every week we have, we have people coming to know Christ here in this room, <coughs> making him the Lord of their life. And so with the, just by raising of your hand, saying today, Pastor JP, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I, I want to give him full control of my life. If that's you, right where you're sitting, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand right where you're at. Come on, raise your hand right where you're at. Amen. Yeah, I see that hand. Anybody? Come on, I see that hand. Yes, sir. Anybody else? I want Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anybody else? I want Jesus. I'm going to make him the Lord of my life. Amen. And then you can put your hands down. I just want to say a prayer with you this morning, and I'm going to just ask you in your heart. In fact, no, I'll tell you what, let's just all pray this together. I want you to pray out loud these words I call a salvation prayer. It's a prayer where you're coming to Jesus and you're making him the Lord of your life. And it goes like this. Would you repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Call all the shots. Forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Give me new life. Thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise for those that just prayed that prayer this morning? Praise God. Amen. Now, prayer teams, I want you to come up for a second. While the prayer teams are coming up, those that have raised their hand, that pray for salvation, we have outside a free Bible. Right there in the lobby, we wanna give you. And we wanna give you not only that Bible, we wanna also give you some literature that we believe is gonna help you in your walk with the Lord. So we're gonna ask you just to stop out there, let us just have a chat with you, and let's begin to help you in your new journey with the Lord. Lastly, before we leave, I'm gonna ask us this morning, just have one more prayer. I'm gonna pray over you and pray for you. 
that God will begin to do something powerful in your life today, and he will teach you how to use the sword in a powerful way this week. Would you mind just praying with me one more time? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for giving us the sword. We are ready for battle. We're ready to use your word, Lord God, against the enemy. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us every tool that we need. And Lord God, we thank you. You're renewing our mind. And you're giving us, Lord, fresh vision through your word. Father, we lean into the sword of the Spirit. And we thank you for giving us that in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, can we all stand and praise and worship him as we dismiss this morning? Come on. Thank you, Lord.